Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill the space, fill our hearts, so that as we uh, have some fun and go over some hot takes, that uh, we will be on fire with you, Holy Spirit, that uh, we'll be able to preach your truth, preach your word, and help all of us, those listening, us included especially, to continue to grow in holiness, to become more like Jesus and hopefully then to evangelize the world and to continue inspiring saints who inspire saints to build the kingdom of God. Amen. And we ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I got my cool Popsicle shirt on. Popsicle shirt on? I don't know. This my flannel black. You look cool. You always look cool. Thanks. Yeah. I am. Well, I'm Father Dominic. I'm Paul Maneric. The cool... I'm the cool one. <laughs> You're okay. cool. You're cool, too. Okay. You're cool. You're... Yeah, let's... Cheers our spotted Cheers. cow. Spotted cow, not an ice cream, Valerie. <laughs> beer. beer, not ice cream. Well, look, although we did say New Glarus ice cream would be a good... Yeah, Valerie got extremely excited when we said we would have some spotted cow for this episode. But ice cream. And then she's like, that's ice cream, right? Mm. She's still new here. We'll teach her the ways of the spirits. But no, but what's the name of that ice cream place that she was thinking of? Brown Cow. Brown Cow. No park. They're not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. But if they're listening and want to be, I'll take the money. Uh, <laughs> delicious. Delicious ice cream. Faithful listeners, so you know, I have the hot takes. Paul is going to hear the hot takes cold. I don't even know. I don't know what hot takes mean. You keep say, we keep saying this word, and I'm like, so hot, ta what hot takes mean? are what the youths... Uh, uh, discuss controversial things. Oh, okay. And I have... Who's the, who are these youths? The youths. <laughs> like, really? Are you sure this is <laughs> I'm gonna propose a one or the other. You have to choose which you prefer and then explain why. And I will also tell you which I prefer and say why. Oh, yeah. Cool. So, I can do that. we're going to start with an easy one. Easy yeah, one. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're so ready. I'm very, very, I'm ready. I got my All right, popsicle right. Full rosary or a single decade? Full nine-minute rosary. <laughs> you went from 11 to 9? I got, in la between last week and this week, <laughs> oh, that, yeah, I, down I, nine I minutes. shaved two minutes off. Oh, my God. Full rosary for me? With my kids' decade. There you go. Uh, because fair enough. It's, it, although I really need to man up and just do some groceries full on with my kids. But anyway, well, their attention span will get there. They'll get there. Take time. All right. Number three. A paper physical bulletin or virtual online email version. Sorry, Val. I'm, I'm old school. I want that paper. I well, want she's going to design it either way. That's true, yeah. You do it, you do it all. Uh, yeah, no, paper. I like, paper? I like to touch I'm it. I'm more into the email. Yeah, I know. Green Team's going to be email. For that. Yeah, they'll, they'll get you the Green Team. It looks like producer Rick agrees. Get the paper. Yeah, He's with you I on like, the paper. I like yeah. the tangibility of stuff. Fair enough. I got, like, vinyl records. I got books. I like... I'm... And I'm more like, let's get away from the paper and go more online. But... Hey, we still have paper bulletins. We're not getting rid of them. Don't worry. I'm like, now I'm like, look, just like I can't have an evening master. He's a giver, folks. I don't, get anything. Giver. I don't get anything I want. All right, next. Still an easy one. Okay. For, like, personal prayer, a chapel slash church, so like an actual, you know, church chapel, or 
out in nature? Chapel, church, for me. It's easier. I love, I love praying in nature. In the fall or early spring when there's no bugs, I actually prefer to be outside <laughs> in nice nature. But if my prayer is constantly like, like doing one of these, you know, I, then that's, that's very annoying. Church over my, like, the courtyard here, but I meant like beautiful nature. Yeah. I mean, it, it depends on the church, but a beautiful, like, <laughs> that's true too. Our chapel, the, the oratory, the Holy Trinity, uh, anytime. Let me pray there. In our church, let me pray there. Yeah. But, you know, some of the spaceship churches, no. No. Or the multimedia room churches? No. Nope. Yeah, no, they can keep them. And then I'd rather be in my courtyard or in a Chicago dark alley. Yeah. All right, next. <laughs> All right, now this, okay, now we're getting a little more. Now we're getting a little more. So those are, those are some easy, those are softball. Yeah. Hot takes. Okay. Now we're getting to some serious hot takes. All right. Pop in the collar. All right. Statues or icons? Ooh. Statues or icons? I'm gonna go with statues. That hurts to say. I love icons. Ooh. I love so, icons. Okay, so why not defend it? Um, again, good statues. Like this, the ones that came from Immaculate Heart of Mary are absolutely beautiful. Multicolored stone, realistic, just awesome. I don't know. I there. There's something real about them. Like their proportion, it's three-dimensional. There's something that's real. They look, they look like, like people. Like people. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to say icons. Why? I love the theology of iconography, and that is something that stuck with me. So, you know, an icon is different from just a picture of a saint, right? So an icon is, is in the Eastern tradition, they're written, not painted, uh, and the, the theology behind an icon is that you're looking through a window into heaven at the saint. And then they're looking and praying for you right back. And, I mean, you can, we can have the same theology of statues that they're there helping us think that we're in heaven and being with them. But it's the iconography just has that beautiful way of both drawing you into the mystery of heaven and the mystery of salvation, but also feeling that there's a connection between me and, and the saint in their heavenly glory. And there's like an otherworldliness. There to, is, to, yeah. To, to the art itself, which is really cool. Like, and, and it's whole, really, it's, it's just a beautiful just mystery through art yeah. and beauty that just draws me in. Full confession, I actually, for my any Catholic friends that get married, one of my gifts is always an icon of both the husband and the wife's patron saints. Like, I, oh, that's cool. Yeah, and I'm like, here you go, hang this. That's here. a great idea. Yeah, don't do it. If you take it from me, I'm going to... Really mad. I give them a crucifix for their home that okay, you can do that. I'm a, that I'm all out. Yeah, that's right. Communion in the hand or on the tongue. Oh, well, you know what I'm gonna say. I know what you're gonna say to most of these, on, but on the tongue. This is, a, a, this is a hot take. Hundred percent on the tongue. I wish I wish everyone would receive the Eucharist on the tongue. I think that it lends itself to a greater respect because it's why explain that because it's something that we don't do, like. The, the, any any gesture that we do liturgically that we don't do anywhere else in life changes the moment. It's saying something I'm doing is different here. So there's obviously there's nothing wrong with receiving the Eucharist in the hand. Some of our great saints, you know, write in the early church, 
make a throne for Christ. Cyril of Jerusalem, them. yeah. So this is clearly a long tradition in the church, but we do not, as adults, kneel down and open our mouth and have someone place food into it. Like, we just don't do that. Um, and so it signals to our brain, through our bodies, something very different is here. And I think that a lot of the reverence for the Eucharist, belief in transubstantiation, belief in the Eucharist, um, is lost when it becomes more familiar. We kind of give it to us. And anyway, that's my take on it. I think it's beautiful to receive on the tongue. I, I do it. I was very uncomfortable when I was not allowed to it to receive on the tongue for those couple months in the immediate aftermath of COVID. But, yeah. So when I was attending Mass as a person attending Mass, um, I, well, I grew up receiving in the hand, and I didn't even know about the receiving on the tongue until I got to the seminary. Um, and then I tried receiving on the tongue, and I, I liked it. I, for all the same reasons you just said, there just a, it was a, a greater sense of reverence, knowing that this isn't normal, what we're doing when we come to the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. And there's a lot within the celebration of Mass that feels abnormal, like how long I kneel, genuflecting, the standing and all that, you know, the, the ritual of it, of our bodies even. So I, I enjoyed receiving on the tongue. As a priest giving and distributing <laughs> the Eucharist, though, uh, even though I've almost had my fingers bit <coughs> and licked at times, people are a lot more cautious of it now post-COVID, though. Like, mm -hmm. I honestly have not had any... No fingers have touched mouth areas since COVID because now, thank God, people who are receiving on the tongue are a lot more cautious of how they receive. Um, but uh, even with all of that, there's just so much irreverence I see with people who receive in the hand. Um, my worst, the worst one, that my pet peeve, is people who just take the Eucharist from me. Oh, that just makes, oh, I'm What's, just like, it's what? You are, uh, it's also mean, liturgically incorrect. You're supposed are, to receive yeah. our Lord, yeah. body, blood, soul, and divinity. That's not, we do not take Jesus. We yeah. receive him. Ooh. Question, hot take. Ooh. Fans on or off? Oh, yeah, I'm going off. I'm going off. I am strong. I know this It hurts. gets hot, though. It gets hot, but I it tell you hot. what, I like... You know, that's, like hearing isn't, people? Right, that's kind of like the whole point of the Novus Ordo, right? Is that we're supposed to hear it and like understand yeah. it. Um, so, yeah, I, I, and also I'm from Virginia, so I don't get as hot, I don't think, or it doesn't bother me as much as other people, so. I'm going fans off just because I like, I like to hear the congregation respond. Because I, when the fans are on, I don't hear the people respond unless there's like a couple of loud parishioners that like me just have booming voices if they're not at that mass that i'm presiding at i don't hear the congregation when the fans are on and let's be honest it doesn't and they don't hear they don't really hear me it doesn't make that much of a difference it just blows around the hot air especially my my, my when i say favorite i say that tongue-in-cheek because it's the worst when it's like super humid and super hot it's just like the air might as well just be soup <laughs> in the church and all those fans do is move the soup around. <laughs> Stir the soup. It just stirs the soup. Oh. It it helps, especially on, those are days where there's no breeze coming through the windows. It's just hot, soupy, humid air. And those fans just move, just move the soup. Hot takes. Hot takes. Uh, <laughs> nine. All right, so 
This is a pre versus post Vatican IIism. Oh boy. So it's I'm really gonna get in trouble this week. Ordinary time or post epiphany, post Pentecost. Post epiphany, post Pentecost. So for, for those who don't know, so now what we call ordinary time, which is a time where it's why the wall is green, because the color of the liturgical season is green. Before the Second Vatican Council, we called them the time between Epiphany and Lent, was known as post Epiphany, and the time between Pentecost and the first Sunday of Advent was known as post Pentecost. So it was like the second Sunday after Pentecost, third Sunday after Pentecost. But now, for some reason, we decided to call these time periods, these seasons, Ordinary time, and it's and the dumbest thing about and it. And I is, agree with you. I'd say post post epiphany, post Pentecost. The dumbest thing is that like they jump in and out, right? Like you get a couple weeks of ordinary time here, and then it stops for a while for Lent and Easter, and then we pick it up again. And then and we have like, like wait, is it the fifth like ordinary? Like thirty weeks of ordinary time, right? And it's like, wait, how many have we gone on? And like, there's nothing ordinary. Right. About anything that Christ did, right. everything Christ did is extraordinary, yeah. and. The two feasts that they come after are truly these extraordinary events where the epiphany of the Lord, that's where the three wise guys come in and they have this great epiphany that this little baby, <laughs> three wise guys. I don't, <laughs> you never heard that? I don't think that's the liturgical. Like, ah, that's what I'm calling All right, cool. The three wise guys. They're pretty wise. Frankie, Louie, and Petey. <laughs> come in. And they see the, the Christ child, they're like, look, that is the long-awaited one. And they're not even Jewish. Right. And then, cool. like, and then the, the Gospels, especially, and we still have this in, in, our, in our liturgical seasons now, the, the Gospels on the Sundays after Epiphany are other Epiphanies. So the, the wedding at Cana is generally, well, the baptism of the Lord is the Sunday after Epiphany. And then the wedding at Cana is generally that third Sunday of ordinary time. Um, and, and many of the Gospels are other epiphanies of people realizing who Jesus is. And then Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes down and like the apostles are freaking saying, like, speaking in languages they don't know. Right. And now the church goes out and like evangelizes. Oh, and, this is really a hot take. And, now, hot. We're, and now we're calling it, or, there's nothing ordinary about That's right. this. Now I will say this. No, this, is, this is a hot take indeed. He's a hot people. Dear we listener, call it ordinary. Yeah. Now I will say this. My one, <laughs> I agree, but the one thing this helped me a little, it helped douse my heat a little bit. Father McElhone, he one time said, if you think about what day, what Sunday it is, it's fifth or sixth. So it is ordinary insofar as these are ordinal numbers. So unfortunately, when we hear the term ordinary, we think of plain, boring, not special. They yeah. still number them. No, I know. Yeah, I, I agree. And we still wore green, which I also don't understand, but that's that's another hot take for another day. You're half Irish. I am, but anyway. You might hear another hot take. <laughs> you know how many priests wear green on St. Patrick's Day, which almost always falls in Lent? Oh. That's, that's another hot take for another day. Anyway, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Wow, that was that was hot. I wasn't even expecting that. We got time for one, right. two more. We got at least two more. Least. All right. So this and I know we're both going to agree on the same thing here. But ad orientum or oh. versus populum. 
Okay, yeah, so this... And you, as the Latin scholar, yeah. should explain. So, adorantum, or we think of the word the Orient, which means the east, where the sun rises from. So, traditionally... East is this way. Yeah, yeah, yes, that's right. For all of you looking at home... East what, is this way. That's, yeah, <laughs> so look there, look east. Uh, so, adorantum means to the east, because traditionally, the churches were designed so that they were... You would look towards the east, which was, if you think of Rome, the east is where you look towards Jerusalem, right? That's to where Christ offered Even himself up. Even here in up. Chicago. Even here in Chicago, we look Jerusalem to the east. east. I guess technically anywhere in the world, Jerusalem's to the east, except if you're in Jerusalem. But yeah, you is... just have to look really far around yeah. sometimes. Anyway, so, so the idea is that the priest faces the east with the people, meaning the, the priest leads us in prayer facing towards Jerusalem. He is looking at the tabernacle, looking at the crucifix. He is lifting up the, the body of Christ to God in offering. And he'd be praying in the same direction yeah. as the people of God. We're all praying to God who is east. I, and this is also the rising of the, where does the sun rise? The east. So the, on the resurrection day, Christ will come from the east with the sun, right? I mean, we don't know that, but that's it, it makes sense, though, when you see the sun rise, it's in the east, so why wouldn't the Son of Man come like the sun in the east? And why wouldn't we all just pray to God together, all in the same direction? And our dear listeners are well aware that a priest is someone who's ordained to offer sacrifice. And so our leader, our priest, our ordained priest, is offering the sacrifice, the unbloody sacrifice of Christ, Christ on Calvary. So I love it. Versus populorum means towards the people, uh, meaning that we're looking at the priest as he says. Now, there are some things that are fine, you know, like verses of the Lord. Right. That's the Lord that's be with you with your spirit. But the Eucharistic prayer, especially, adorantum, all the way, let you, the priest, do your job, which is to offer the sacrifice, and we are behind you, we're watching you, it's awesome. Anyway, I like the theater of it too. All right, then we have time for one more. Woo! Man, we are in trouble. Uh, and we're going to go... All right. This, for our last one, it's not quite as hot. Okay. But chanted or recited... Well, there's a two. Okay. Responsorial psalm oh. and the Our Father. But obviously during Mass. I love singing. And I think they should always be chanted. I think especially the psalms, they're written to be sung. I think sing, we should sing. So we know the Simple, Our Father. Sing it. Sing. Sing the parts of the Mass that are meant to be sung. You sing, that. you pray twice, That's says right. St. Augustine, apparently. Okay, <laughs> those are the hot takes. Wow, we have just taken I feel off. like this is good. This is another Mason suggestion. We got our hot takes. Ooh. And you too, dear listeners, can make suggestions by emailing paul at stedparish.org or paul at stedparish.org. <laughs> you can also email me. You've got an email, frclementi at stedparish.org. And give us your suggestions. Mason has given us these three from our last, all three of these episodes in our new season. Um, but you too can make a suggestion of what you want us to banter about. Yeah, don't, don't report us. <laughs> for our hot takes, okay? We didn't sketch What are they going to do? Yeah, that's right. 
I'm Father Dominic. I'm Paul Maneric. And this is Ed Talks, where we hope to inspire saints who inspire saints to build the kingdom of God. Amen. But they do this whole, like, musical intro, and then it's like this whole... It takes, like, it feels like 20 minutes to sing the Our Father, and everybody looks miserable during it. I think it's only the music people at this place that enjoy it. And then, like... Everyone else is standing there like, Our Father, and it's like, okay. That's not God. how Jesus asked us to pray. I can break. No, so I... that I don't like, but like the, just the chanted, 